0: It's on. Oh, boy. We got a good crack opening for you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode of The Covert Show in 2024. And this is episode number 77 for all of us. 76. (laughs) Technically 77. Because, I mean, if we we count the best of show. How we're
1: going to start (laughs) 2024. Technically, it would be. (laughs) All right. Let's see here. So we're 75. Best of 23, Uh, yeah, folks, this is how we're starting 2024. All right. Best of 23 one. We're going all the way back here. Uh, Best of 22, there's two. Uh, Good thing we don't edit out the uhs and ums. (laughs) That's the only filler I've got at the moment here.
0: That would be worse than trying to edit out the dumpster fire that we had two weeks ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... That, we just don't edit, and that, and that was what makes it. Best of 23, there's three, and that's what makes this show tremendous. Also, the fact that we did not even get 25 seconds into the show before uh, a correction was made Correct. is absolutely <laughs> elite. So Absolutely Okay, so technically, <laughs> if we go with our – so it would be 76, 77, 70 Technically, it would be number 79, but I don't count the best of as an actual show. Okay. Uh, so it's number seventy
0: six. There we Although
1: go. Seventy nine
0: for those that are being, you know Um o-, <laughs> C- o C D about it. If it if you're O C D it's seventy nine. If you're being just with us and our math, we're on seventy-six. But anyways, welcome to twenty twenty-four, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, holy hell. We've we've had a had a good twenty twenty-three and we're back for twenty twenty-four and we were just talking about it before the show. But JC, how has 2024 been treating you so far
1: well i mean as many events and things as you can cram into as we're recording <laughs> this 12 days it'll come out on the 13th which is pretty pretty good coming out on saturday the 13th you know uh but other than that you know 2024 has been good hectic as uh, i'll get out but you know next week i'm going to see the devils in the rock so you know what Uh, The Prudential Center is uh, calling my name next week. So, hey, we're just about there.
0: Hell yeah. JC's got a vacation, and currently, you actually had to work today. I got a snow day, and so let let me inform you on my predicament for the afternoon here. So I got up this morning, and of course, if you're an Iowa person, or if you're just a Midwest person in general, then you understand the pain that has been going through us for the last, I don't know, We'll call it four days because Monday we had a a big snow and then today we officially had a blizzard in the Midwest throughout like five different states. I got five feet out of my parking space at my apartment complex, tried to go up the road, got an extra five feet from there. And I had to dig out my car for an hour and then I had to proceed to rear back, park my car back in the same spot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't go to work, <laughs> and folks, let me inform you: I live two blocks away, and I couldn't even get out of the damn parking space. That, that you know, that's that's, that's just, funny because
1: uh, I had a bunch of people, uh, so you know, working in radio. There's there's really no days off during the year. Yep, uh, for everybody, all at the same time, and living in town is a double whammy. Really. <laughs> But having a Jeep, let me tell you, you you don't really realize when you're driving a Taurus and you're, like, having to, like, just jam the gas pedal down and throw up a prayer to get through a snowdrift, how much you actually do that until you get a car that's, you know, off of the ground, so you're not worried about bottoming out. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a good upgrade. And for those in the Midwest, (laughs) excuse me, I can't recommend it enough. Get a car with four-wheel drive if you can, because your story, I hate digging cars out Oh, oh so bad. It I was just a, hate scooping snow in general.
0: It was, it was a nightmare. I mean, I got out of my space. I start going up the road, and as soon as I get like just any sort of traction, all of a sudden I go like two inches, stop. <laughs> two inches, stop. And finally I bottomed out and high-centered the car twice. Mm. So I had snow completely under the midsection, and I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, finally, eventually, I dug it out, and I got back into the parking space, and I'm like, I'm looking up the road, and I have, like, at the end of the hill that's up at the end of, like, the two-block section that I've got, there's, like, a little bit of a lip to go uphill, and I'm looking, and I'm like, ah, dude, I don't know if I can make this. And the guy across the street, God bless him, he's a Iowa DOT guy. So he's snow blowing his house, and in front of his garage, he's got like a four-foot snowdrift that's just sitting up there. And I'm like, okay, well, you've got your own problems to deal with. And I'm looking down the street, and I'm like, there's no way I can make it up here. So I just parked my car. Everybody else is kind of out of the office today, so we ended up getting getting a snow day. So throw it back to the high school days. We got one, finally. <laughs> but anyhow...
1: For those wondering, I did want to jump in here and interject. Go We're talking it. about a storm yep. that has blizzard warnings in Nebraska, South Dakota, Minnesota, all Iowa counties, but like eight, I think, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, and, you know, a lot of Wisconsin's actually a winter storm warning. But talking about a big system here, and, you know, we got the snow today. On the twelfth, the Friday when we record this, but the bigger problem is going to be tomorrow, oh. and pretty much everybody's just been like, "Yeah, just scratch traveling on Saturday and you know yep. today on Friday," because, like you said, I mean, even in town it was dodgy. I mean, I went to work out tonight, and uh, either they didn't plow the parking lot for the gym. <laughs> Or we got a whole heck of a lot more snow than I thought we did because, you know, like I said, the the Jeep's fine, but there was a, a couple of cars that uh, did not make it into the parking lot. So they had, like, the front of the car in the parking lot that got stuck, and then the back of the car that's just, you know, hanging out on the street, which <laughs> is no biggie because, you know, no one else is out, and no one yep. else is stupid enough to try to go to the gym when it's, like, two degrees and... A blizzard's going uh, on but it was bad. Like I said, when you're in town, you know it is what it is for me. So
0: it's it's one of those days where you kinda look at it and you just say, Well, why why do I even bother leaving my place of residence it's like why do i leave my house why do i leave my apartment and then it's like well i got some things to do and then you're like oh, i can do it tomorrow tomorrow honestly could be worse for everybody just because Tom- you I have everybody going yeah. out and i mean holy hell it's like i'm well the wind's gonna be worse tomorrow oh too. yeah it's gonna be so bad i mean well my
1: day was answering the phone sharing announcements on a website and being on air so i i had no shortage of things to do in the time i was on air today so yeah it was Uh, it was it was an adventure let's just say that
0: it is (coughs) it's a rusty one so for all of you guys in the midwest we, we appreciate what you're going through. We know what you're doing. If you guys have been locked up in your house all day, if you guys are going to be locked up tomorrow and you're listening to this, we know what you're going through, man. We've gone through the insanity. We've been through the other light of the tunnel. We know we can see it. Don't worry. The oh, there is no is...
1: light at the end of the tunnel for this <laughs> one yet.
0: Yeah, because apparently we're still supposed to get some, at least winter set is, so like um the uh, oh, you're, you're looking County, longer
1: ahead than I am, man. Yeah.
0: Madison County is. Oh, well, I hadn't gotten there. Or hadn't gotten there yet. That's where I was going. I mean, we've gotten out of the oh. snow factor of the weekend, hopefully. The wind chill is gonna be the worst part. I feel like meteorologists talking about this, but if you guys are currently sitting in the state of Iowa, wind chills, say,
1: yeah, this is kicked off really well.
0: <laughs> wind chills are gonna be sitting at about negative five to potentially feel like negative twenty tomorrow. Um actually if you're gonna go and we'll talk about this later, if you guys are going to the Kansas City game tomorrow, um, please bundle up with bibs. Coats, sweatshirts, whatever undershirts you can find, because you guys are supposed to be dealing with negative 30 degree feel and as if you're temps. a
1: Dolphins fan from down south. Uh, oh, baby, I feel bad for oh you. That's like a 110 God. degree
0: swing, man. Oh, dude. Oh, I don't know brutal. how. My mom texted me about this and she goes, Well, they got to cancel the game, right? I'm like, No, this is a playoff game. Like, this is going to be. This is. They've been playing playoff games at a hell of a lot worse. Like the snow bowls have been a lot worse than this. I oh think my this would gosh! Be the third
1: one, oh. Third worst one on record based on air temperature, not wind chill.
0: Yeah, because I
1: think the there's the ice bowl. Uh, what was it? New England there, had
0: a snow bowl for a playoff, wasn't it?
1: There was. Uh, I think it was da- Green Bay, Dallas from like the '60s has one. Uh, there's the AFC title Oops. game between the Bengals and Chargers from, like, 1981. Those are, like, the top two. And this one would settle in, like, third or fourth all-time. But,
0: yeah, uh, you got you to gotta love your team to sit out in that weather, man. Well, she told me that uh, somebody that she was talking to, or uh, one of the radio stations in town, uh, Z92, was talking about how people were selling their tickets for, like, 50 bucks a pop just to try to get. A little bit of money off of them Or try to pawn them off And I'm like Here's the real deal If you want to prepare to this game And you want to go You bundle the hell up mm-hmm. And then you just drink Because you need that That's what I was
1: about <laughs> to say Is The thing I saw in Kansas City Is there was a guy on Twitter uh, That I'm friends with on there That was talking oh about this hot chocolate Booze oh, thing dude. they had apparently <gasps> And I'm like, here's the thing: you either do that, or you do that and like fireball, because fireball seems to, you
0: know, a fireball boost blanket. Your spirits
1: a little bit.
0: A fireball blanket is the greatest blanket you could ever have. Oh my gosh! So funny story about the hot chocolate. So Christmas this year, we spent it current, or we spent it at my house. So like at my folks' house, and. My mom's a big coffee drinker, and I'm a big coffee drinker. Like, I like my coffee. And my dad, for Christmas, I ended up gifting this to him. So we do, like, kind of a white elephant Christmas gifts like the men buy all the men's gifts and then the women buy all the women's gifts and then we separate that out by whoever draws the number gets that gift well my dad the last couple of years has ended up drawing the same gift that I did and the um whiskey that we got was this um it's called Bubba's whiskey so like the same from Duck Dynasty but it's a marshmallow chocolate whiskey I tried putting it in my coffee Christmas day dude I don't think I've ever had something so more just divine if you want an Irish coffee Oh my gosh. This thing is literally the top of the line. I mean, it's like by itself as a shot is fantastic still, but put it in coffee, dude, it's you can't taste it. Like, I mean, you get a little bit of the bite just from how the whiskey is. But, oh, my gosh, that makes just such a good coffee. So if you want a holiday coffee or a cold day coffee where you get trapped on a snow day like this, you avoid work, you actually get your day off of work, like whatever, and it's a Friday or a Saturday, go get some Bubba's Marshmallow Chocolate Whiskey. Go put it in your coffee. And just enjoy your morning. If you're gonna day drink, might as well start early and go with your coffee. Because holy oh, shit! Oh
1: man, we not.
0: started early about six twenty in the morning <laughs> when I was sipping my
1: coffee. We're not. I wasn't able to function oh. by about ten thirty in the
0: morning. We're not promoting underage by drinking. knew, I had
1: no idea what day of the week it was anymore. <laughs>
0: If you're drunk by oh. noon off coffee, I have concerns. Well, Mimosas I, I are one much
1: coffee people drink, man. People pound down the coffee in the morning, so if you have a you mix one of those bad boys uh <laughs> accidentally a little too heavy, you might be uh you might be feeling it by, you know especially if you start drinking coffee uh... at like six morning i mean i don't think you spike it at six in the morning i wouldn't spike it's mine at you're six in a certain kind of way but you know
0: you wake up one day you're like yep three. you wake up
1: nothing better to do because i don't have to go to work so
0: oh my gosh well Word. there you have it uh we like our coffee here on the <laughs> show <laughs> our coffee. anyways
1: oh, but what? back to the negative weather around oh, the high there. So Saturday, Northwest Iowa here, uh, a high of one below. But Oof. it gets better because temperatures nosedive throughout the day Saturday, towards like nine below by five. Uh, Thirty-five mile an hour winds, so we've got that going for us. Wind chill values as cold as thirty-seven below. Excuse me. Oh, got the hiccups during that. Uh, <laughs> Saturday. Talk. Areas of blowing snow for Saturday night, a low around 19 below. Feels like 42 below. (laughs) Sunday morning is going to be terrible. Areas of blowing snow before 5 a.m., low around around 10 below. Feels like 43 below is cold. Uh, Sunday night, here's where the real gut punch comes in. (laughs) 21 below oh, I'm over it and it hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> uh, Monday, 7 below. Oh, Monday my. night, 16 below. This is not factoring in windshields, by the way. This is just straight off the top temp. Oh, Tuesday, my. 1 below. Tuesday night, 10 below. Wednesday, it's going to be a godsend. It's going to be a sauna. 15 above. Hell oh, yeah. That's like a 25-degree difference and it's only... Oh. Only a twelve-hour spread, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be bad. I mean, I think I don't know if the, the central part of the state's any better, but
0: no, it's not North
1: northwest. You know, our blizzard warning's longer than yours, so take yeah. that for what it's worth, because ours goes till midnight tomorrow, where the central part of the state oh, doesn't gosh. have. Uh, I think yours is done at like six. Yep. So,
0: so yeah. ours, our not temperatures. Not the thing you want to
1: be flexing, but nonetheless, there you go. Also it feels like twenty three below out currently. So those keeping scroll (laughs) calm.
0: Our temperatures current Our temperatures right now here in Southeast Iowa, we're dealing with about it feels like negative one. Tomorrow it's supposed to feel like negative sixteen. And then you're dealing with a negative one. Sunday is a negative eight. And then at one point tomorrow night it's supposed to drop to about negative twenty two. And then it just keeps going down from there. Tuesday we get a whopping zero, and then Wednesday we get the sauna at twenty degrees. Thursday is at twenty degrees. Yeah,
1: you know how good twenty degrees is gonna feel like.
0: So if it's not
1: snowing too, like no snow, oh. twenty. You know how you know you're in the Midwest in the middle of winter when twenty degrees and no snow is like all right. Now we go. I am pumped for
0: this. (laughs) I was just about to say that. You know you're in the Midwest when you immediately get a text that says, Oh, hey, you know it's bad when your certain store that never closes day, night, rain, sleet, snow, whatever, closes its doors for that weekend because you get a blizzard. You know that you're in the Midwest when it finally gets to 15, 20 degrees, and you're like, holy shit, I can actually wear a t-shirt outside.
1: <laughs> oh, my Yeah, let gosh. me tell you, the walk back from the oh, car, so who's... we're in a snow emergency, so the, the, it's like a six-block walk. It's not technically that long, but let me tell you, when you're wearing shorts after working out, oh, no. it's 23 below zero feels like, and one above, and you accidentally, on like the last uh, block and a half, you accidentally step into what you thought was a snowdrift of, like, you know, only the top of the shoe. And it's more like to the uh, top of the shin.
0: One, I <laughs> have... How
1: you're wearing shorts, that's frosty, brother.
0: Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you, son. Only one? <laughs> I'm multiple, but I'm going to ask this question right quick. Um, I get that we're in the Midwest and shorts in the winter are apparently our thing, which I don't know where we got stereotyped with this, but it is true. Um, You still wear shorts after you work out when it's January and February? Bro, I am rocking sweatpants Here. when I am going out of the gym as soon as humanly possible because I know, especially on a leg day, I am sweating so bad, I'm not taking that risk. I'm not getting frost on my leg. <laughs> You see, here's the the
1: thing, though. I'm uh, I'm only starting this at the beginning of the year. I haven't been doing this in December. This is one of my big brain 2020... Here's the thing. Fitness check for 2024. 2024's New Year's resolution. I'm thinking as I step through the snowbank and go, oh my god, that's cold. What am I doing with this New Year's resolution, man? This sucks. Anyway... But yeah, I wore shorts because, I don't know, I just don't feel like wearing sweatpants to the gym because I I don't have a good reason, but yeah, let me tell you, that was frosty because you know know when you're walking around snow and sometimes the depth of it's a little dodgy, like if you can tell.
0: Oh, dude, yep.
1: I just thought, you know, it's one of those where it's like, okay, I'll step through it. The top of the shoe is going to get wet, which will be annoying. But man, when it went to the top of the shin, I was like, "Oh no!" Ooh, good thing it's only like a block and a half walk, because that would have been bad.
0: Today, I went to go get the uh, the shovel outside my apartment complex, and I was sitting there, and I started walking up this snowdrift that was outside of the door of this apartment. And I know where the step is. I couldn't find the step because of how much snow was piled on that step, and I was like. Oh, no. I look over to my actual apartment building, which is like 15 feet from it, if not 20, and I'm just like, "There's a step here, and I can't feel the step." And I look over, and I'm like, "I can see the se- I can see oh, the first no. step at mine, but I can't see it here." And so ended I ended up still just walking it, but it's like I get the pain of when you actually know snow and you still cannot tell the depth of the snow. That's when you know you're just you're fucked. At that at that point, like you cannot deal with that at all. Uh, but yeah, but I, I feel like meteorologists at this point. Oh my goodness, we're giving you all the weather updates and everything we can in the Midwest here. But you know what?
1: We'll and for those wondering, not that this will be horribly relevant by the time this comes out on the 13th. Pretty much the entire like. South, if you cut Iowa diagonally, the southeast part of that diagonal cut is either impassable or travel not advised. So, yeah. Dude. When everybody's been saying, like, hey, don't travel if you don't need to.
0: Really? Don't travel if you don't need reason. to? Yeah, don't travel. All those,
1: all those counties down there have tow bands anyway.
0: Oh, so. Dude. like,
1: if you get stuck somewhere, you're kind of SLL. So.
0: My cousin sent me a map of, I, or of Nebraska today of where his county is, and roads were closed across the entire county. And he goes, yeah, and they're pulling snow plows now. And that was, I think, at like, uh, no, that was at like 1 or 2 in the afternoon in Nebraska because they were still getting snow through the middle half of the state. <coughs> so if you guys ever see that warning of travel not advised or roads are closed, don't risk it. Don't be dumb. Don't go trying to think, "Oh yeah, I can drive through this." If you seriously don't think that you can drive through this, or you immediately look through the door and you go, "Uh, that does not look fun." Don't freaking do <laughs> it. If you end up in a ditch, I'm sorry, that's your own fault because you were doing well, your own stupidity. Or and well, it's the
1: compound problem of you're going to get <sighs> stuck in a ditch somewhere yep. when it 20 feels like 25 below.
0: Yeah. So if you don't have a survival kit in your car of I've got two coats, two pairs of sweatpants or like jeans or something else in your car or you got a pair of snow bibs in your car and a shovel, don't go out. It's not smart.
1: Or just don't go out if you don't have to. It doesn't yeah. even have to be that deep. Alright, ending weather chat because I feel like I could talk about this all day long and everyone with things going, please get to something else. The drink of choice for today for me, go for another it. part of my 2024 day, uh, uh, New Year's Resolution, kind of, is I'm actually not cracking open a cold one today. It's the first time in I don't know how long on this podcast I haven't cracked open a cold one beer-wise. Today it's a Gatorade, Gatorade, Gatorade Fierce Thirst-Quencher Great, Bold and Intense. That's You're, what we're working with here today. So. And we
0: are not sponsored by Gatorade. That is the actual flavor. We are not sponsored. That no. is the
1: actual flavor. <laughs> if Gatorade, Gatorade wants to reach out to us, bold and intense, baby. Well, Repl- what does that say? Rehydrate, replenish, refuel. There yeah. you go.
0: Gatorade, quench <laughs> your thirst. Next. I'm actually
1: more of a Powerade guy myself. But <laughs> Gator Gatorade solid. I've been switching between them. Because the last time I started working out, not to interrupt your awesome beverage you're about to talk about. You're good. But I cramped so bad. Oh. And there's nothing worse than a Charlie horse at about 2.30 in the morning that you have no idea that's coming. And you're in that deep sleep. Oh. So you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, oh. what is going on? Dude, I so have I done went, that. Like, I go to the, I've gone to the gas station like every, uh, every three, four days since starting working out. And I don't know if they actually do anything or if it's a placebo, but I'm not about to stop drinking them because (laughs) that is the absolute worst when that happens.
0: I've had that happen where you just wake up because you accidentally, it's either one, you're just sitting there and all of a sudden it tightens up or you like accidentally move wrong in your sleep. And the worst one is when I get it in my calf, because this is where I always tend to cramp is I will just slightly move my leg wrong, and all of a sudden, like, I, I, like, my calf will flex a weird muscle, and just immediately I feel the sharp shooting pain, and I, like, have to – I can't move my leg in any right direction because it makes it worse. Oh, that yep. is –
1: Then you get the game oh. of you've moved your leg the right way. This will help stretch this, and if you move it the wrong way, you're going to be worse, and then you're going to have to go all the way back up from where you're at.
0: And you don't yeah, want to move not- –
1: Not great. So, there you go. That's why we're drinking uh, (laughs) Fierce Thirst Quencher Bold and Intense Gatorade Grape.
0: Well, we all know what Nick's got. We got the good old, we heard the pop top. We got the good old Bush Latte. I was thinking about trying another beer on the podcast. It's currently sitting over in the beer fridge at the moment, but... We got the good old loyal Bush Latte. If you guys want to still sponsor us, we're still open to to suggestions here. I'm
1: willing to yeah, we're down a latte during the podcast if we get sponsored. I'm just saying.
0: Don't willing take me to. Uh,
1: drinking drinking a, a healthy or <laughs> I guess, <laughs> thing as I don't drink bush light because believe me, I do. We do. So, yeah. You know, throwing that out there.
0: We appreciate the Bush Lattes, but We'll hop into it, I guess. Here, and we'll re-go with the camera here. Make sure we're getting this one because we got a lot to to discuss on the rest of the show here. But we'll start out with the sports segment. So, if you guys know what happened this last couple of weeks here, on the seventh of January or the eighth of January, college football officially wrapped up. The college football playoffs commenced on New Year's Day. <laughs> We had Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, and Washington. We'll cover those two mainly as your big ones here. Alabama ended up taking a fall to Michigan in overtime, 27-20. The Wolverines advance to the national championship. Washington ends up defeating Texas, and that one was actually kind of just a – that was a shootout, honestly. If you watch that Washington-Texas game, Quentin Ewers and the Longhorns, who Quentin Ewers is returning for a senior season. He had mentioned that a couple of days ago. He ends up falling short of a national title, 31-37. to Washington took that one, and so that sets up the national title game between Michigan, number one, and Washington. Michigan hasn't won a title in over about 30 years. Washington hasn't even been in a title game since 19. I believe it was 99. And this ended up being, I think, a better game than people predicted, but at the same time... You really couldn't call it a better game than people predicted because for Washington, it was sloppy. The O-line was getting blown up. They were getting outmatched, which I think everybody thought was going to happen. Michigan ended up covering the deep ball extremely well early, which threw Penix completely out of rhythm in this entire offense for the Huskies out of rhythm. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't do anything offensively, but they also couldn't stop the ball. Michigan, on average for the first quarter, was averaging 19 yards a carry with two 40-plus-yard runs for touchdowns in the first quarter, or the first half at least. And then you get to the second, third, and fourth quarter where Michigan wasn't averaging even four yards a carry. So Washington made a huge defensive switch. And then you throw it to... um, when it came to passing, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, he couldn't really throw the rock at all. He was getting shut down, which was huge to see for the Washington secondary. But then you go to Michael Penix. And Michael Penix for Washington was the Heisman front runner. He was potentially supposed to be the Heisman finalist. J- uh, Jaden Daniels for LSU ends up winning the Heisman, and everybody thought it was a ripoff. I'm still going to argue that Penix should have potentially won the Heisman. Now, everybody's going to say, well, the national championship performance did not reflect that, and I will agree with that. He was missing a lot of reads. He was missing checkdowns, but also at the same time, he was overthrowing receivers, and it was just a sloppy game for him. But this is the biggest thing I will say for Washington. The the hype that I had around them this year was they were a team that wasn't going to quit. They were a team that was never going to back down. They went through the gauntlet of the schedule that they did. Washington did not disappoint on the fact that they – made adjustments, and they played as hard as they possibly could for what the 34-13 to score actually meant to the final. They were absolutely battling up front defensively. Penix was battling through an entire, I pretty much would like to call it a crack or at least a broken rib for the entire fourth quarter. I mean, this Washington team never quit. They never gave up. So I want to shout out to that Washington Husky team, and I want to shout out to their former coach because I will say former because a lot of big news in college football has happened over the last 24 hours. But if you guys haven't figured it out, Michigan ends up winning the national title 34-13. to Jim Harbaugh finally gets to sit at the big boy table as he quotes – And the Wolverines bring a title home. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum end up getting it done offensively. But now here's the biggest factor. Nick Saban, after his 16-year stint at Alabama, has officially called it quits. He is retired. He is gone. Everybody get your hands up and wave at Alabama. Alabama. You guys ruled the SEC for a while, but it's been fun. And then you'll hear Lee Corso go, not so fast, because according to ESPN this morning and this afternoon, Kalem DeBoer, the head coach of the Washington Huskies, former head coach of the Washington Huskies, actually signed a deal. He was the front runner for the job besides Oregon's head coach, who decided to stay out of Oregon. Kalem DeBoer is now the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So... This leaves the door open for a lot of theories. One, is Alabama going to die on the hill that Nick Saban had built them? Two, is Kalen DeBoer going to actually keep what Saban had built and start kind of building back up with this program? We've seen what he did with the Washington team. In two years, he went back-to-back seasons of having 12-plus wins or more pushing them to a playoff contending team and a national title team. Now, here's the big scandal. Is Kalen DeBoer actually going to set back and completely derail this team like we've seen Texas get derailed, we've seen USC get derailed, Nebraska, Florida... We've seen Miami get derailed. I mean, the list goes on and on for teams that have been, especially through the 80s and 90s and early 2000s of college football. Bob Stoops is another one from Oklahoma. Get derailed and thrown back into the fire. Personally, I think if you actually want a guy that can continue this run that Nick Saban has built, Kalen DeBoer is perfectly fine for that role. But you have Nick Saban's recruiting class. He doesn't get his recruiting class unless he plays freshman For the next three years, you have everything that Saban has built. Alabama players have already transferred because Nick Saban's gone. They don't know who the coach is. And this is the biggest other thing that I wanted to talk about with this. The transfer portal and NIL deals have officially ruined college football for the biggest thing. And now here's the biggest factor. This article came out a couple of days ago, and I tweeted about it on my own personal Twitter. Let me pull this up here. So, this is off of ESPN as of January 11th. The NCAA further evaluates a proposal which, share, or which schools would pay athletes. This is as described. They've taken small details for it. This is not in quote. They've taken small details to potentially flesh out, the de- or flesh out everything to give themselves this opportunity. This is the quote. Under Baker's plan, so Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, under Charlie Baker's plan, which, at, or which he described as a table setter, to promote conversations, schools will be allowed to pay or to provide athletes with unlimited education benefits and pay athletes for their name for the use of name, image, likeness, rights. The plan also calls for the creation of a new subdivision of the wealthiest athletic departments, that would be required to pay least half of their athletes a minimum of $30,000 per year in trust. And now here's my question, because JC, I don't know how much you've kept up with this, but here's my question. We're going to pay athletes $30,000 in trust as a minimum, but yet half of these athletes on team rosters, especially you look at the SEC, Big 12, you look at Arch Manning who hasn't even stepped on the field for Texas and he's making $2.1 million on name, image, and likeness deals. You get guys like this that are making this much money and they're going to get paid by the schools. How much of a ripoff is that to all the other players on the roster that aren't even making any of these deals?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I had heard nothing about this. (coughs) Excuse me. But, yeah, that – Seems like a lot of of money to add to somebody who's already made, like you said, a big chunk of money there. The the thing I wanted to talk about with the Nick Saban thing, going back to that, is I feel bad for whatever coach goes in the footsteps of Nick Saban because here's the thing. There is – it's not impossible, but it's essentially impossible to replicate what he's done there in the last – however long he's been there. He had that weird stint in Miami where Nick Saban just, I don't know, well, just completely forgot how to win games and <laughs> didn't ever uh, move over to the pro level uh, all that well. But his time in Alabama is nothing short of greatest of all time material. So I mean, you don't win, I don't know, six or seven championships, whatever he's done. Like, that's just a whole nother level of elite. elite. And, uh, yeah, whoever the next guy is, good luck to him because those are uh, some big, big shoes to fill.
0: So as Nick Saban's final college career gets added up, I did save this tweet for this topic. Nick Saban's coaching career went from, for college, went from Michigan State, LSU, or Michigan State, Toledo, LSU, and then you throw it to Alabama. In his final career stats, Nick Saban won a total of twenty or 297 wins, 71 losses, and one tie. He has won seven national ties.
1: one tie? Do I you have, have the one tie on hand? I do not
0: have the one tie of Nick All Saban's All right, you career. keep going through that, and I'll see if
1: I can go, find go, Google Alabama that. one tie.
0: It wasn't Alabama, I'll tell you that much. So, two, 297 and 71 with one tie as a career record. Seven national titles, six of them coming with the Alabama Crimson Tide, one of those coming with the LSU Tigers, I believe, which was back in either 03 or 04 for um, LSU. Eleven SEC championships, one MAC championship, with, or which came with Toledo. You have five-time SEC Coach of the Year, two-time Paul Bear Bryant Award winner, two-time Walter Camp Coach of the Year, and then you have two-time AP Coach of the Year. Honestly, I'm going to say this right now. Alabama has not paved the way for college football. Nick Saban and his coaching paved the way for what college football could be, and this man may not have succeeded with the Miami Dolphins. He was under Bill Belichick at the Browns in Cleveland as an offensive coordinator and assistant coach. I yeah. mean, Nick Saban has paved the way for college football on how this game should be run and how you should actually coach to success. And I respect a lot of coaches that have come from the past. My top three in hand come from him, Pete Carroll. I'll throw it to Mac Brown. Um, Tom Osborne up there with Nebraska. Bobby Bowden is up there. Um Penn State's coach back in the day, um, Joe Paterno, despite the, um, you know, Sandusky issue, I will say that. But still, there have been plenty of college coaches for football that have paved the way. I don't think Nick Saban has done anything to say that he is one of the best coaches to ever go down in college football history. Saying that... I hate the fact that the man is just an absolute dick to play against because you cannot find a way to, unless you really expose the system, he's found a way to win, and it sucks, and I hate that Alabama has such has such a big hold on the SEC, and now this might actually change, and now Kirby Smart has the hold on the SEC for college in football. In theory. Yes, in theory, we would like to see a change. But Kirby Smart now has the hold on college football if Nick Saban has left. In the SEC, I should say. Well, potentially in college football. We don't know. But with with all that being said, there's been a lot of coaches within the last couple of days that have gone, and we are All right, I got some more sad.
1: Nick Saban stuff here for you. Go for it. Going Ryan. back pre-everything pre you just talked about, head coaching – uh, our coaching career goes back to 1973. Wow. PA at Kent State, 73 74. Linebackers coach at Kent State, 75 76. Outside linebackers coach at Syracuse, 77. Uh, DB coach at West Virginia, 78 79. DB coach at Ohio State, 80 uh, 81. DB coach at Navy in 82. <sighs> <clears throat> Using me DC, uh and defensive backs coach in Michigan State 83 to 87 Houston Oilers defensive back coach 88 89 Toledo 90 Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator 91 to 94 and then like you said Michigan State 95 to 99 LSU 2000 to 2004 Miami Dolphins 05 06 Alabama 07 to 23 national titles for those keeping score 2003 with LSU. The remaining six with Alabama. 09, 11, 12, 15, 17, 20. Also has won a Mac title. Fun fact back in 1990 with Toledo. So there you go. Damn. And the one tie. Yes. Back to 19. 1995, the Michigan State Spartans, back in Saban's uh, good old Big Ten days. Oh boy! It happened September 23rd. You're not gonna guess the opponent. I guarantee you. I'll, oh. I'll give you three guesses okay. for who Michigan State tied with in 1995.
0: Okay. So is it a power? Is it a Power Five team? Yes. Power Five team. Have they moved conferences within the last couple of years? No. Are they a Big Ten opponent? Yes. Indiana? No. What? Were they Big Ten back in that day? Yes. Rutgers?
1: The Rutgers weren't in the Big Ten in 1995. They were not? They were not. Shit.
0: Oh boy, this puts me on the spot now. Uh. Uh-huh. You only got one
1: more guess, so
0: I have two I have two ideas. Shit, I got to right, go with it. I got to go with it. I I got to go with Iowa.
1: No. Maryland? It was Maryland was not Big 10 in 1995
0: either. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I don't know who was Big 10 there, back in 95.
1: Uh, Wisconsin to, the, the No it's not Wisconsin uh, The Rutgers moved to the Big Ten in 2013 I think Oh really And Maryland is I think more reason than that Let's uh, check that while you uh, continue to ponder the question here
0: So wait hold on was it Ohio State then?
1: No, it was not that either. Oh, Maryland f- joined in uh, 2013 as well. Oh, okay. 1995, the date was September 23rd at West Lafayette, Indiana. The Purdue Boilermakers Wow. the Michigan State Spartans in front of an attendance of 43,070 went to a 35-35 tie.
0: I never – Purdue was actually never on the list.
1: Go figure. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, that's like the wow. one team that I would have not guessed either. In, Shout out to the Rutgers and Maryland beating Purdue for teams in the Big Ten in 1995, though. That, that's I, well, so good news. Good work with that.
0: To be honest, I thought the actual team would have been Indiana just because it's like that's not a team that's been known they for had college. Indiana for
1: that. that year. So here's, the, here's how the schedule went since we're oh, dialing in on 1995 Michigan State. Uh, they got absolutely clobbered by number two Nebraska back when Nebraska was relevant in football.
0: Baby, 95. 50-10. Uh,
1: uh, September 16th, they went to Louisville and won 30-7. We talked about the tie at Purdue. Uh, the 23rd, they would uh, go – and host Boston College on the 30th of September, winning 25 21. Then the old Iowa Hawkeyes would rumble into town, and the Hawkeyes would leave victorious 21 7. Illinois at Illinois was a 27 21 win for the Spartans. Minnesota was a 34 31 win for the Spartans.
0: Damn.
1: Then they'd go to old Madison on October 28th and oh. get smacked. <laughs> 45-14 in front of 78,000, which is the biggest number that year. Which wow. is weird that it's not uh, the home game against Nebraska, but uh, number seven, Michigan, would be maybe the highlight game of the year, I suppose, as Michigan State beat them 28-25 at Indiana on November 11th, 31-13. Uh, hosting number 14, Penn State, lost in a close one, 24-20, and then uh, played LSU in the Independence Bowl December 29th and lost 45-26 in front of a uh, relatively small crowd that year, only 48,835.
0: And for 1995, for those of you who did not know, the Independence Bowl was a pretty good bowl to be in. So,
1: the final record that year for the... Spartans, 6-5-1 and one overall, 4-3-1 and one in the Big Ten. And interestingly enough, that year there was actually two games that tied. Wow. Wisconsin and Illinois would tie. Interesting. I could have asked you that one, and there was no way you were getting that <laughs> one. Or no. Actually, hold on. There's three different ties. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on.
0: tied with. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. So we already have Michigan. State and Uh Purdue. We have Illinois and Wisconsin that tied.
1: No, 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 no. Illinois and Wisconsin have a tie.
0: Okay. You said there's a three. Wait,
1: Wisconsin. Wisconsin tied. Wisconsin tied twice. Okay, so Wisconsin tied twice that year. One was against Illinois.
0: What's? Hold on. Let me try to get. And the other other
1: one, there is no chance you're getting this.
0: Non Power Five. No. Power five? Yeah. Big 10? That,
1: that's the same question except for first. <laughs> no.
0: Big, so it's not a big 10? No. ACC? No. SEC? No. <laughs> big. At that point, was it still the big eight? Or big 12?
1: Uh... Let's see, 1995,
0: Big Eight. Well, you would know if it's a Big Eight. Yes, 12. it
1: was the Big Eight that year. Oh, and oh. No,
0: that's not
1: the conference you're looking for.
0: That's not okay. So, and then the only the only one I have is the Pac-12. Which,
1: if I remember correctly, was the Pac-10. Is
0: actually, Pac-10. Or was it the Pac-8? Which would or be or the, the Pac-10? correct?
1: It would be the uh oh, the God. Pac-10, yeah.
0: Okay. So it's in the Pac 10. Uh, uh, it's not USC. It's not UCLA. There's one guess.
1: There's two guesses. No, hold on. I'm, one... I'm
0: down them I'm out. I'm not giving you an official guess. Hold your horses here.
1: All right. You get two official guesses since you're crossing off all the teams here.
0: Ah, I got it. Wisconsin versus Cal.
1: No. Damn it. They did not play Cal in. Nineteen
0: ninety five. I'm trying to think. Pack twelve. Pack
1: twelve. I'm enjoying this segment of <laughs> <I know. laughs> random quiz things that pop up. And
0: uh,
1: all right, you, so you've gotten, you've gotten pretty close on a couple of them. Shout out to knowing nineteen ninety five was the uh, Big Eight and the Pack Ten. Well, I would have got one of those. I wouldn't have got Pack 8 or Big Eight. <laughs> Pack Eight's not a thing.
0: Because Baylor hadn't joined yet. Um for the Big, oh, for the big 12. Anyways. you
1: got one guess left. Uh, wait, what's well, my first guess? I'm giving you two guesses because
0: oh, shit. everybody doesn't want to hear you
1: guess every single team in the conference before you're right.
0: Okay, so I guess Cal my first one.
1: And you already said USC and UCLA. So technically you've gotten like five guesses.
0: Well, I was narrowing those out because you said it was a team that I wouldn't guess. So UCLA uh-huh. and USC are out. Yeah. Now I'm going to go... With, if I'm not going to guess it, I'm going to go with Washington State.
1: No. Damn it. Who was it? Stanford. Stanford?
0: Stanford.
1: 24-24, September 16th, 1995. A Big Ten conference had the two games that we talked about, the ties between Illinois and Wisconsin, which, by the way, was a season finale for Wisconsin 3-3. That is the most Big Ten score I've ever heard.
0: That is. That's, uh, uh, well, so that's
1: the second tie. There well, was a total of five ties. So Wisconsin had two of them, Illinois, Purdue, and Michigan State for the other three. Damn. So there you go. We really went down a rabbit hole. But anyway, I just – I don't know. I think the, the that Nick Saban – is in the conversation for greatest of all time for the collegiate level because I mean, 11 FEC titles, a MAC title back in the 90s, just because that's fun to say. Because, you know, everybody <laughs> you throw doesn't it in there. think about this. everybody doesn't think about the Toledo year, but seven national championships, and you look at four, I should say, from 09 to 2012, that's a hard thing to do yeah. at any level. Uh, especially knowing how good the SEC is, but yeah, that wasn't even the biggest. Well, I don't know if I would say wasn't the biggest, but wasn't the only bombshell dropped. And I think uh, what an 18-hour period there well, that hold two on of here. the best coaches of all time within the span of 18 hours were poofed well, into bigger and better things.
0: And we can't even say two because we could actually say Oh brother, I am gonna say two. Well, hold on, brother, because I'm gonna I'm gonna drop another bomb on here, not so fast, because you cannot you cannot tell me as my camera I feel late, like the
1: name you're about to say may may make this podcast a four hour podcast. If you're going to try to put the name I think you're going to with the two goats of their respective level of coaching.
0: Okay, well, I'm not even talking about just respective level. I'm just talking about if you want to go coaching all time, I know what name you're about to leave out for the three greatest coaches that have potentially left in 18 hours. I'm going to throw Pete Carroll in the mix because I... I'm going to throw Pete <laughs> Okay. Okay, so hold on here. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put one in on this part. So Pete Carroll won two titles at USC, and Pete Carroll had one of the best running backs at USC and his college coaching career at USC was huge. The Seattle Seahawks He fell a little short, but he also coached the Patriots before Bill Belichick. He was the he was the head coach of the Pats before Bill Belichick. But also,
1: he got the 90 uh 1995 title. No, what about 97 maybe? For nine,
0: 95 Where title. Where beat what? the
1: uh Pete Carroll was he coaching the Patriots when they won the Super Bowl in the 90s?
0: Yes. I think it was I think it was 93 if I remember right. Google this. Make sure I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not 93 because 93 was Dallas.
0: I'm oh, thinking shit, it was 97.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it was late 90s. Um, it was it was they. It was two years before they, he took over USC.
1: I think they beat Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I think it was two years before he took over USC. I think we have to Google this because we don't we don't have a assistant here running our statisticians. Pete Carroll, Super Bowls.
1: So the Patriots won titles in 01, oh they They're missing a.
0: No, well, I This don't only
1: claims six 01, 03, 04, 14, 16, and 18. So, well, the, the
0: 18 one I know because the Broncos. No. The Broncos won in 16, and then the Seahawks won in 15 for Super Bowl. Because the Broncos made back-to-back Super Bowls. Well,
1: I'm just... just, Oh, they lost to Green Bay. There you go. In the 96-97 season. Yeah. And then, yeah, they won the other six. I was going to say, I know it was late 90s. So, yeah. 01, 03, 04, 14, 16, and 18 are their championships. So, now... Of course, 01 was their... Solid, uh, Boy, I lost my train of thought there. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well,
0: so here's what I will say. For college coaching, Pete Carroll ended up back in the early 2000s from, oh, uh, what was it, 03 to 05. The NCAA ended up investigating a scandal on Pete Carroll on saying that he was paying And his then
1: players. he ran like L, baby, right to pro football.
0: Yep. But here's the biggest thing I can say. How many coaches have run from that scandal? And I'm going to I'm going to say it. Michigan ran from that scandal. Urban Meyer from Ohio State and Florida, who won a title at Florida, title at Ohio State, went to the pros. He ran from that. I guarantee you if you want to dig up the dirt. 90% of college coaches and I don't know why the hell my camera just died again. 90% of college coaches will end up, you'll find a way to dig up that dirt some way, somehow, somewhere. It's just a matter of what coach do you want to target for what season was potentially ruined, what season was going to be this, what season was going to be that. you gotta, You just got to dig it up. With that still being said, Pete Carroll will go down as a great college coach. Pete Carroll as a Seahawks manager, you can argue, might not be the best, But, still, with the legacy that he's left behind with Seattle, he is a good coach. And in the last 18 hours, we lost three good coaches. And I will say, I agree with your opinion, not three great coaches. Because Bill Belichick also left the Pats.
1: Well, that's, you know, that's the whole weird thing about the whole mutual agreement of splitting that always makes you wonder, doesn't it? Because, like, yeah. you know, when Nick Saban, you know exactly, you know, he makes it to a semifinal, and he didn't get kicked out. No. Alabama would be happy to have him coach until the day he died. <laughs> you know, props to him for, you know, going out, not on top, but close. Where the Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll thing, for that matter, are both different than that. But, you yeah. know... The, the Patriot fans should have nothing but admiration for Bill Belichick. For the same reasons you talk about Nick Saban being frustrating, you just knew every single year the Patriots were going to be in the playoffs. So Not only in the playoffs, they were going to be a team that was going to be a threat to win the whole thing.
0: Well, okay, so here's my question. So, Julian Edelman released a statement the other day saying, we were coached by Bill Belichick, but we played under Tom Brady. So, that begs the question.
1: And it's the same question that's been asked ever since Tom Brady left.
0: Yep. It's the same question. Was but it Belichick or thing. Tom Brady? And I know where I, I think I know where you're going with this, and if I do, I think you're right. But let's hear it.
1: You can have the best quarterback of all time and still screw them up. Yep. Eight championships over a career of 20-whatever years, uh, 23 years, uh, with the Patriots. You can have elite players and still not get the job done. Yep. And this is the other part with Bill Belichick is he didn't have to go get the monster name guys. I mean, he won a lot of these titles with going into the seasons, of course, no name guys that you now know because they went through and won the whole thing. And that's what I've been seeing a lot of is, is it Brady, is it Belichick? I'm not saying Brady's not a, you know, once in a lifetime generational talent of quarterback that, you know, was was really good. But eight titles, man, you don't get there by accident, and you don't get there with just one player.
0: No, you really don't. And, and here's the thing that I will say about that. Like you said, the no-name guys that came into the league, Tom Brady was drafted from Michigan. He was not a top prospect, ended up getting drafted, and turns this team around. Which, granted, does he have a fantastic mind as a quarterback? Oh, 100 fucking percent. You throw Rob Gronkowski in the mix. You throw Julian Edelman. um, Amendola, you throw him in the mix as well. You throw Randy Moss in the mix for a couple of years. I mean, you get some good teams as the Pats, but still the mind of the game does not just come from the quarterback. And granted, Tom Brady knew how to read a field, and Tom Brady knew how to do this and that. Bill Belichick had that team. He did it with the Browns beating the Cowboys back in the 90s. He did it with... Um, everything that he started with the Patriots, and he ran that team up from dirt. Even though the Pats were still a good team, he ran that team from up dirt. And now, where is he going to actually, this is the bigger question you got to ask, is he going to retire or is he going to go somewhere? Because everybody, everybody said Tom Brady, wherever he goes, is going to win a Super Bowl. And by God, he went to the freaking Bucks and he won a Super Bowl the first year he was there can Bill Belichick do the same thing and say, but does
1: Bill Belichick get the same amount of weapons that Tom Brady got where he goes?
0: Well, because this is
1: the other problem with the theory of he's fallen off is look at what the Patriots are. Oh my
0: God. It's and they're so
1: terrible. Bad. And it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it falls on the coach and falls on management, whatever. But if, Bill Belichick goes to, and I'm not saying he would, but hypothetically, if he goes to, like, Chicago and has no success there, you have to look around it. Is there enough weapons to get the job done?
0: Well, Wherever he goes. hold on here. <laughs> this is a statement I will have to say because this throws it back to kind of what we were talking about earlier <laughs> for college. Um... Bears need to fire their head coach. Um, The Bears also need to look at getting an offensive line because I will say this, I think they're taking a safe card by just trading away Justin Fields. Because I think if you actually give Fields an offense of where he succeeded under Ryan Day at Ohio State, I think of just being a mobile passer and not a I am running for my life having to make a decision now I think that Justin Fields could actually help carry the Bears to a potential playoff. But here's also the thing. He's made mistakes. He has done the pocket passing, and he has made mistakes. He has done bad reads. (laughs) He's done all this, and the Bears have just been here, there, everywhere. Matt Eberflus has done this, that. But the thing that you look at is I think you could actually put Bill Belichick on the Bears, and if you kept Justin Fields without taking Caleb Williams as the number one draft pick, which everybody thinks, I think that's a, just a waste of a pick. I think if you actually gave Bill Belichick Justin Fields and he could work with him the same way Tom, he worked with Tom Brady and has had that mindset of a quarterback that understands the game, <laughs> the Bears could actually be deadly, <laughs> and that would be scary. You could put. I was just going with the hypothetical. Bears have
1: apparently brought their coach back for twenty twenty
0: four. No, get rid of is, Matt Eberflus.
1: Uh, while firing their offensive coordinator. Oh no! Um, get
0: rid of Eberflus. I watched zero Bears games oh, this year. Oh my watched god! Any Bears
1: games in probably the last um, five years? I watched more. Probably. I've watched more I Bears did, games in the last just, two. I just. Oh my god, it's so don't care, I guess it's. I mean, so pro bad. football has kind of lost me in the last couple of years, but that's <sighs> a story for another day. But yeah, they're bringing him back according to ESPN three days ago.
0: No, get rid of Eberflus. Get rid of both him and the offensive coordinator because holy shit. Well, they got
1: rid of they got rid of part of that.
0: Ah, uh, well, uh-huh. yeah.
1: Let's see. I'm gonna actually have to look this up because I don't know what his record is as a Oh It's bad. bad.
0: But anyways. Uh-huh. I think Bears. well. So here's here's actually the here's so the his hot record take. record for
1: those keeping score with two fourth place finishes in the NFC North, oh. i.e., finishing last, the records of three and fourteen and seven and ten for a combined record of ten and twenty four. Nope. A get win percentage of
0: .294. Uh, uh, Yikes! Get him out. Get his ass out! So here's here's also the newest thing: the Titans. They had that
1: 14-game skid too, if you remember that. Did uh, through the 2023 season, thanks to the Commanders for uh, being so bad that the Bears beat them anyway.
0: And the Commanders are potentially (laughs) first in line for another North Carolina top pick, the quarterback for North Carolina potentially. Going to the mock draft pick there, but I I will say this. The one thing that um, Bill Belichick has to look at now, and potentially Pete – well, actually, Pete Carroll signed a – he is possibly working in the front office, sources say, for Seattle. So he's officially done as a head coach, but they're still keeping him as a scout or something in the front office. But Bill Belichick has to look at this. The one team that he could potentially really truly take over, and I think with the offensive scheme, sadly – Derrick Henry is leaving, which everybody knows now is where I'm going with this. The Tennessee Titans. I think if Bill Belichick wants another job in the NFL and that's the only team that's hiring, take the fucking position. The Tennessee Titans could be deadly. You got DeAndre Hopkins. If you give Will Lutz a little bit of coaching instead of what you just threw him into this year, I mean, shit. The Titans could be... Contenders in the AFC South. I mean, there's there's one thing that you really just have to devise is where could Bill Belichick make an impact? And I think if you're gonna look at staying within the AFC, you gotta go with the Titans. Now, there are plenty of other jobs that probably are available. But the same of the fact of is you didn't make the playoffs. And I think where now we go with this, playoff football starts today on this lovely, well, yeah, we'll say today because this hopefully it's goes out today. today. Yeah. yeah, we hope this goes out today. Playoff football starts today. Your Saturday game's on June 13th. The Cleveland Browns travel to Houston, Texas to take January
1: 13th there, buddy. I want warm weather too.
0: What did I say, February? Sorry. June. Oh, I said June. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so yeah, you January. Yeah, weather worse than I do, apparently. Well, I'm sipping pina coladas, getting caught in the rain at this ah, point. <laughs> so, January 13th, first matchup at 3.30 on NBC. You got the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans. Now I will say this. We'll do a preview of a couple of them. I think that Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns could win this game, but this is a this is one of those games where I'm going to say it. I have no idea who is going to actually come out on top on this because C.J. Stroud for the Texans has blown expectations out of the water, came out as a top top first-round pick into a system that was without a head coach, without an entire offensive scheme, that was good at Ohio State but Everybody was questioning, okay, is C.J. Stroud going to be the guy? Is C.J. Stroud going to actually do anything in the NFL? He's a top three pick. Like, what are we going to do? C.J. Stroud has come up and blown up this entire Texans team. He has gave this team some hope. And by God, this kid is playing out of his mind. I mean, C.J. Stroud this year has been unbelievable. Besides the loss of Tank Dell with a broken femur against the Broncos, you got Nico Collins, you got Dalton Schultz as a target as well you are lighting up the boards i personally think that joe flacco's experience might actually get dwarfed out by cj stroud's um let's say this b d e and i'm not going to i'm not going to go uh, into the in depth so, on that but so cj stroud see.
1: Which team are you taking here are you t- are you going to take the texans at home is that what i'm hearing I, oh my. I still... That's I, a lot of C.J. Stroud talk to immediately go, mm, I don't know.
0: Well, and see, here's here's what I told Kenny, a.k.a. Dr. Jack, which everybody knows on the podcast. I still got to go with Cleveland because I know that Joe Flacco is going to be able to try to rip this defense apart. Former Super Bowl MVP. He's been in the moment. He does this. Now, I will say this. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than ex- experts expect. So... I still got Cleveland coming up against Houston.
1: So here's the point total: forty-four and a half. Browns are only two-point favorites. I mean, it's hard to go against the Browns, which is a weird thing to say out loud. You're talking also to the guy that knows nothing about the NFL this year. So you know, we'll, we're just kind of winging it here. But Joe Flacco. Seems like the kind of quarterback that can settle the Browns down. And I'm not sure exactly seeding-wise who would go where. Um, but if they would go to Baltimore, which is assuming they win, that could be a bit of an interesting team if they can get it done uh, if they're the lowest seed remaining, uh, which I think Pittsburgh's the only one that's lower than they are. Uh, but give correct. me the Browns. Give me the Browns. They'll cover uh, the two-point spread. And I don't know, the, the over is kind of appetizing to me, and this one at 44-and-a-half. So smash the – give me the, the Browns to win by more than two, and the teams will combine for more than 44-and-a-half points.
0: There you go. And you would be correct. The Browns would play Baltimore in the AFC that, divisional round.
1: And that, my friends, would be a spicy enchilada because I think the Browns could give Baltimore all they want. It's not just the division rivals. It's just, I don't know, there's just something about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs is historically not exactly the most solid quarterback of all time. And Joe Flacco has a way of winning on the road against teams that he shouldn't beat. I don't know, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit there, but boy, that could be a... That to be a tasty game next week if we get it
0: so I think both of us have the Browns and the Ravens as we talked about games number two and three coming up for the AFC we've got number two coming up tomorrow afternoon at or tomorrow evening at 7 pm which we talked about potentially negative 30 below feel like temperatures in the good old Kansas City Missouri area the Miami Dolphins come to town at Arrowhead now, here's the biggest thing. The only player that I currently know on the Dolphins roster that has played in temperatures this low, who has been in the postseason, who has been through it, is Tyreek Hill. But I will say this. Kansas City, the way that they have looked within the last frickin' month and a half, has been atrocious. It has not been Kansas City football... Travis Kelsey has not looked good. Mahomes has been, um, I'm gonna say it, a little bit of a bitch. He's been he's been kinda soft. Oh, wow.
1: Dude, I mean I don't know what I expected you to say there, but somehow that wasn't
0: it. I'm I'm sorry. You guys can you guys can say all you want on that, but Patrick Mahomes has not been the competitive Mahomes himself. He's been Crying about the Kadarius Tony call for weeks, and then that has suddenly uh, spiraled Quid out in of control. Which the right
1: call by the yes, way? Yes, it those is. Score
0: from home. It 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 one hundred percent is, and I'm not saying that he has a right for that. But he has just been a whiner. He's been a baby. Somebody get him a diaper and a bottle and put him to bed. I mean, holy hell. So, I think with this, despite the cold, because Tyreek Hill is going to get covered out of his mind, because Andy Reid and the defensive coordinator for Kansas City is going to be 100% focused on we got to cover Tyreek. We got to cover Tyreek. Because if he gets open on a deep ball at some point, it's going to happen, but we got to do it as much as possible. Jalen Waddell is going to pick up the slack. You got Raheem Mostert. You got A. Chain. Tua can still run, Tua can still throw to everybody else. I personally think that the Chiefs, even though their playoff numbers tell me regardless, despite the temperatures, despite that the Dolphins are sitting in the Hard Rock Cafe and it's a whole like 70-degree swing, I think the Dolphins still get it done at Arrowhead.
1: Point total for this, 43.5. Line is Kansas City by 4.5. I have zero faith in Miami playing in that cold of weather. Um, it seems every single time, and I was going to look this up, but I forgot about it until right now. Um, the San Diego game back in the day um, against the Cincinnati Bengals, I think it was 27-7. to 7. Oh, the Freezer Bowl. There you go. 27-7 Bengals won uh, that game in the 1981 AFC Championship game. Uh, Cincinnati got it done. Air temp negative nine. Uh, The sustained wind of 27 miles an hour uh, was reported for a wind chill of, wait for it, 59 below. That sounds terrible. Anyway, I just don't know whether the warm-weather team can come in and win that game. I just admit, I don't think it matters how bad Kansas City plays. I think the 43-and-a-half uh, will definitely be an under in this game because that's, the weather is going to be awful. Um, so give me Kansas City. I don't think they'll get very far after this round, but the, the Dolphin collapsed. To not winning the division has also been a little bit remarkable to me. Yeah. But I just can't, I just can't get behind a team that's gonna have a seventy degree swing in what they're gonna see on uh, tomorrow today uh, versus what they've seen all year. So give me a Kansas City as much as it annoys me to say it.
0: Poor Mike McDaniel is gonna be sitting there. He's not gonna be able to wear his joggers and the sweatshirt anymore down in Miami. Throwing it to Sunday. We have the entire slate besides besides one on Monday Night Football, but Sunday. First game coming up at noon, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Now, here's the deal. The Pittsburgh Steelers and their head coach have not had a losing season ever since he has took the tenured the bills, on the other hand, have not made a Super Bowl. They've had lost four four straight Super Bowls that they've made. The playoffs is not their friend I would I'm going to put Buffalo ahead here because Pittsburgh is still playing with a backup quarterback and Mason Rudolph. They're still. As much as the Pittsburgh team has pulled off miracles in the playoffs, I still think Buffalo is more experienced. Give me Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. You give me Gabe Davis. I mean, hell, yeah, give me Buffalo in that game. That's that's a hard choice but still not hard at the same time. You know what I mean? I
1: was going to say this may be the easiest one because my first take was, holy cow, Pittsburgh actually made the playoffs. <laughs> um <laughs> 33 and a half is the points total over under Buffalo is a nine and a half point favorite. Also, if you want to grab your scoop shovel and head on out to Buffalo, they'll pay you 20 bucks an hour to scoop uh, some snow out of their uh, stadium. That's a weird thing for an NFL team to pay random people to do. But anyway, um, uh, I'll bills, take that. I don't think we'll have a singular problem in this game. I think they roll past Pittsburgh, who, again, I am surprised. is in the playoffs. It shouldn't be. Uh, Mike Tomlin, like you said, has not had a minus uh, season in his coaching career with Pittsburgh, so shout out to that because that's a hard thing to do. Uh, but give me the Buffalo Bills AFC winners for me, the Browns, the Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills.
0: So we'll go to that side of the rankings here in a second. We'll throw it to the NFC side now. This is going to be my hottest take of the night. And you're not (laughs) going to like it.
1: I I can already, I can, I'm already internalizing the groan and eye roll. (laughs) If it's the order of games I'm looking at, I I can already, I can already feel the, oh geez, here we go.
0: (laughs) At 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Based on everybody knows the history of the two of these playoff teams.
1: Was it a catch? Wasn't it a catch? The world may never know.
0: Was it it the fact that the Cowgirls just can't get past the hump? Or was it the fact that a field goal or whatever the hell else wants to plague the Packers? I have Green Bay beating Dallas on the road. Give me the eye roll. That's it? That's, that's it? That's the whole take? <laughs> Give me the eye roll. Give me all this. Jordan Love and the Packers come in and upset Dak Prescott. Now, here's the here's the biggest factor on where this actually takes a precedent. The Packers secondary has to shut down C.D. Lamb. Otherwise, this job does not get done. Because the Packers can hold a run defense. Because they've dealt with the NFC North on a heavy run heavy run everything offense from three other teams. They've done that pretty well. Tony Pollard has not run the best this year. He's still run pretty good, but Tony Pollard does not run best after taking over for Zeke. You still got Brandon Cooks for the Cowboys, but at the same time, I think that Green Bay actually pulls this off because I know how these two teams play in the playoffs. Dallas and Dak is going to choke because there's going to be a turnover late in the game. And if Green Bay has a lead, or even if they don't and it's close, Green Bay is going to go down and score.
1: Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh,
0: Here's the uh, thing, uh, though. Here's the thing, though.
1: You're talking about Jordan Love, man. This isn't Aaron Rodgers. This isn't a
0: guy that can pull... A game you should lose out of the fire. Jordan Love has been playing better than everybody thinks. Jordan Love is not just the problem in Green Bay. I will point that out with a precedence at this point. Jordan Love is not just some kid that you can shove off to the side. It's the same thing that They're I think just,
1: man. Dude. I know it's the playoffs and did any, everything can happen in the playoffs but did anybody expect the Packers got in teams that barely get in normally don't exactly uh, make the deepest of runs
0: did anybody expect the Packers to be a 9 and 8 playoff contending team sitting in a wild card spot the first in year in the that...
1: NFC North yeah they probably did but the because first year
0: the, the first year the that Aaron Rodgers leaves
1: awful. Minnesota can't get out of their own way. The only real threat the Packers had was Detroit, which I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm glad Detroit won the division and not Green Bay because,
0: God, I hate the Packers. But still, though, the Packers could have been so much worse than this. Give me
1: the Cowboys, baby. Give me the Cowboys. Seven-point favorites, 50.5 points uh, over under. Dallas is going to destroy the Green Bay Packers. I have no faith in the Packers. uh, Dallas going past this, uh, it's Dallas in the playoffs, so who knows. That's what I said. Here's the thing. If if you lose to Green Bay and you're Dallas, the offseason is going to be the mother of all existential crises. Mike because McCarthy is getting fired. Mike McCarthy is gone. To the Green Bay <laughs> Packers, who are barely five hundred, and that's playing in a division that's not good. I mean, My- Christ, you're given two games a year when you play the Bears. You've given another one when you play Minnesota. Ugh. There's there's a thirty year wins were basically given to you. Yep. So give me Dallas. Smash Dallas on the over, uh, on the over too, because I feel like Dallas could have a big game. They are, they're really good at home. Uh, so you know, again, coming from a guy that hasn't watched any football all year, so give me the Dallas Cowboys. Well,
0: here we go. That's the I biggest feel like take this one here.
1: could be another one of contention. I feel like after your last pick, I feel like this one could be interesting too.
0: This one is interesting because I'm going to make this even sweeter. I say that Matt Stafford has a revenge tour right now, and the way that the Lions and Dan Campbell decided, hey, I'm going to go for fucking two five times. Which also, I saw an interview after this game. Can't, er, not Matt Campbell. Dan Campbell said, I'm going to go for two until we get back behind our own 10-yard line, and we get, like, about 15, 16 yards out. Like, I was going for two the whole time. Which also, I'm going to put this into perspective. The referee, according to every single other report that I have seen on... Detroit got screwed. Detroit got screwed because he apparently checked in and went down and said something, but they said that somebody else supposedly had checked in as a...
1: Wasn't this game in Dallas, too?
0: Yes, Detroit was going to win on the road in Dallas. There. Detroit Just was going to run it out there. That win
1: in Jerry's world. Detroit, come on, man.
0: Yeah, they got screwed. So, anyways, Detroit ends up going for two five times. They make it once, and it gets called back for a penalty for an ineligible receiver downfield because he did not check in as a tight end, which he did and then it gets called back for two penalties, one on Dallas, one on Detroit, and then it gets called for I believe another delay of game or something alongside of that and then Detroit ends up not making the two-point conversion. At that point at four times after an attempt when you got two flags and you're already pushed out to your own 12-yard line, <laughs> kick the damn field goal, get the PAT and go to overtime and take your luck there because the odds of you now making a two-point conversion are 10 times worse. But anyhow, I think Matt Stafford has a revenge tour coming up. And both these two teams, and this is the this is the biggest factor. You've got um Jared Goff playing the Rams. You got Matthew Stafford who won a Super Bowl with the Rams going back to Detroit to play against his former team. I still think that um Stafford and the Rams could win this game because as good as the Lions are, they make a lot of mistakes, and they make them late. And that's the biggest thing that kills the Lions and the losses that they've had. They make mistakes late. So I think that the Rams have this one.
1: Detroit, three-point favorites, an over-under total of a whopping 51.5. Double-checking all these games. That is the highest of the totals. <laughs> You know this podcast probably is well documented that I don't like Detroit and they're normally hella overrated and it's hilarious to watch them fail. But I'm gonna I'm hopping on the bandwagon, man. Here come wow. the Detroit Lions. They're gonna win their first playoff game. Uh, I want to say since about 1993,
0: 91. No, it's 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 earlier. Th- it's earlier than that. I know for a fact it's earlier than that, because they won one with Matthew Stafford.
1: Yeah, for sure it's ninety. They got to one with Matthew Stafford and got absolutely thumped. Um, let's just look it up here.
0: That's what I'm doing here. If I could type.
1: Because, um.
0: So Detroit li- Lions', last, Detroit playoff Lions win.
1: last playoff win was 1991. Grab a napkin, homie. You just got served. They lost in the wild card in 93, lost in the wild card in 94, lost in the wild card in 95, lost in the wild card in 97, lost in the wild card in 99, lost in the wild card in 2011, got absolutely steamrolled that year. Uh, lost in the wild card in 2014, lost in the wild card in 2016, which I think uh, was another game they got whomped in. Yeah, they lost by 20 in that game. Oof. So, 1991, their last playoff win, which they made a conference title appearance that year, too. Got absolutely ass-blasted in said conference title game, but... Eh, they got there, so there's that. That's a pretty good year for Detroit.
0: And they won their, f- uh, their last
1: playoff win was against Big D, baby, Dallas Cowboys, thirty-eight to six, pounding Dallas Cowboys. You know, everybody doesn't mind when Dallas gets steamrolled. So oh,
0: we love when Dallas. Uh, that's gets the south. last
1: playoff win. It's February or February fifth, January fifth uh, I suppose that's technically 1992, when yep. they absolutely handed the Cowboys 38 points and said, uh, "See ya." They actually beat Dallas twice that year too. They beat them uh, early in the season, 34 to 10. So, and they, they have. got and they, they got pumped by Washington earlier that year too, 45 <laughs> to nothing in week one. Good so Lord. that year they lost to Washington to combined 86 to 10, <laughs> oh, and God. turned around 72-16. to 16. Welcome to football.
0: No shit.
1: But, yeah, give me the Detroit Lions. Come on. Too easy. Too first, easy, Detroit Lions.
0: First time uh, I, winning. I think. Whoops, sorry, go ahead.
1: I, I think that the 51 and a half is where it gets interesting for me because I could see this game being your one of uh, just a sheer shootout, man.
0: I could as well. That was what I was going to say, too, is. This game is just gonna be an absolute dogfight. I mean, for the Rams, you got Puka Nakua, who's been one of the best rookies on the scene this year as a wide receiver. Cooper Cup is back. I mean, still the wide receiver core for Matt Matt Stafford is there. And then you've got Jared Goff on the other hand. You've got Hawkinson. Then you've got um or no, Hawkinson's on the Vikings. you got Sam Brown on the outside edge. I mean, shit, you have a massive amount of weapons. You're thinking of Laporta, aren't you? Laporta, there you go. Thank you very much. Because um, Hawkinson was on the the Lions, and then he got traded to the Vikings. But, yes, Laporta, who has also come on the rookie scene. And that's the biggest thing, too, is, I mean, it, you look at the tight end game – Tight end game this year. Buffalo's got a big tight end game as well. They've got Dalton Kincaid, who was a rookie out of Houston. I mean, shit, the tight end game has been immaculate for quarterbacks this year. So, I mean, you throw that into the mix for both teams and also throw in Detroit hasn't won an NFC title in 28 years until until this year. Finally (laughs) did that. So, I think this game will absolutely be a shootout. But I've still got the Rams. I'll go Stafford.
1: Hey, at least we're not picking all the same team. I like it. Cuz that'd be boring.
0: <laughs> that would be boring. And now we get to I think a game that we will pick the same team. Monday Night Football at 7:15 on January 15th, the last wild card game of the year and of the slate. The Philadelphia Eagles who choked. And by choked I mean uh they got the wishbone stuck down their throat and they said, Oh shit, what are we going to do with this? And just absolutely wasted it. The Eagles have to go on the road to Tampa Bay. Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, and this is going to be the biggest thing. Because I will say it, and it's a game changer. The tush push is going to win the Eagles the game. Because Tampa Bay's defense ain't going to stop it. The rest of the NFL has not gonna be able to stop or has not been able to stop it. But also, this is the chance for the Eagles to actually get back into playing the way that the Eagles have played. And over the last few weeks, they've had some losses. They've had some shitty performances. I think that the Eagles absolutely blow out the Bucks on the road. But I also think that if you could flip this the other way, the performance actually depends on Baker Mayfield, and if he can actually be the Baker Mayfield that everybody knows Came to the Browns and actually turned the Cleveland Browns around. Because, I mean, you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin. I mean, there's so many weapons. You got Rashad White as a running back. I mean, you got so many players that you could make the Eagles fear you. But I've still got Philadelphia taking it on the road.
1: Philadelphia three point favorites over under total of 43.5. And And because, you know, the first. Five games here. I really haven't had a chance to pick that team that's an upset. Actually, I've picked exactly zero upsets so far. This is the one that feels, and again, this is guy that doesn't, has launched a lot of football this year. This is the one that feels like Philly's going to overthink this game. Because, like you said, Philly has just nosedived Yeah, the last however long here. Baker Mayfield's got a chance to be that guy again. And he's at home. Give me Tampa Bay for my upset special. They take out Philadelphia. Dallas fans rejoice because they're going to win, and Tampa's going to win, and Dallas fans uh, come Tuesday morning are going to have to decide whether they're more excited about them winning or Philadelphia losing.
0: Wow. All right, so we'll roll through the rest of the picks here for the play. Actually, you know what? We'll have a recording next week, so we got it. So as I run through the rest of this just to finalize it, because we'll pick the rest of them next week so we can keep moving on and stop boring you guys. We got both me and JC pick the Browns, so the Browns end up with the Ravens, as the Ravens were the number one seed for the AFC Divisional Championship. And then for the other side of the AFC Divisional Championship, I've got Miami, JC's got Kansas City, and then both of us I believe have picked the Bills, correct? For the Bills, that the would
1: be Oh yeah, cuz I didn't even know Pittsburgh was in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> so, both of us have the Bills going. So, there's one seed, and then I've got Miami, JC's got Cleveland, throwing it to the NFC side cuz we'll get through the divisional round next week. I have Green Bay on my wild card pick. J.C. has Dallas, so then for that, I have the Rams playing the Packers, J.C. has the Lions playing the Cowboys, and then we throw it to the divisional round against the number one seed, San Francisco 49ers, I have the Eagles, J.C. has the Bucks. so folks, we got plenty of action coming up tomorrow. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Click on that television. I i definitely am sure I'm going to be watching it, and I know for the afternoon game I'm going to have to find a way to stream it, so I will be doing so because it's on Peacock tomorrow at 7 o'clock p.m. for the Kansas City and Miami game. But otherwise, you can find the early game on NBC. Tomorrow's uh-huh. game slates you can find on CBS at noon. Fox at 3.30, and then NBC starting at 7 o'clock for the Detroit and Los Angeles games. Now, JC, I believe you have a topic that you are so high on that you would like to take it away.
1: We're talking NHL. I don't know if that's the one you were going for. (laughs) That is what I
0: was going for. (laughs) Friday,
1: January 12th, the day we're recording this, slash 13th, we now crossed over into the early AM Early AM here. We're talking about two games. Minnesota blows a two-goal lead. RC would love to hear that. Uh, Minnesota blows a two-goal lead in the final five, uh, final fifteen, I should say, of the third period and loses in overtime as Farabee hits the game winner for the Flyers. Flyers go into Minnesota and win four-three in overtime. Surprise tonight was the Predators absolutely whale on the Dallas Stars. Uh, this game was 3-2 in the third, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened. It you know, 4-3 in the third as well. Uh, with uh, under 10 to go, uh, Dallas would give up three goals, in, or two goals, I should say, in uh, the last uh, couple minutes. Empty netter in there as well. So that's the only two games tonight. And because the NHL is what it is, 16 games on Saturday, including the Rangers, white-hot Rangers. pains me to say that as a devil's fan. They take on the Capitals in a game where I don't know really want to win this one because the Capitals are closer in points, but any day the Rangers lose is solid. Uh, elsewhere, Canucks are at the Sabers. Sharks are at the Senators. An uh, interesting rematch is going to be happening in Sunrise, Florida, where the ooh, Devils ooh. almost came back from a four-goal deficit. Uh, Devils are playing better-ish. Florida doesn't seem to have exactly missed a beat uh, in what they've been doing.
0: Damn straight. Uh,
1: Devils. I don't know who's going to be in goal because there's been all kinds of rumors that. Uh, Vitek Vanacek may be getting uh, uh, Not released But um, What you want to say sent down to the AHL So uh, we'll see uh, Panthers favored in the game Again Panthers won earlier this year I think just 4-3 uh, Panthers Thumped the Devils in the first Period and a half and then the Devils Like I said just about came back And tied it but didn't uh, as The Panthers looked to take the second game in the season series. Elsewhere, Penguins are at the Hurricanes, Kraken at the Blue Jackets, Ducks at the Lightning, Oilers look to stay white hot as they uh, go to take on the Canadiens. Kings at the Red Wings, Avalanche at the Maple Leafs, Flyers at the Jets, Stars at the Blackhawks, a good recovery game on a back-to-back for the Stars as Chicago is not very good at all. Uh, elsewhere, Bruins at the Blues, Islanders at the Preds, Coyotes at the Wild, and then the Calgary Flames make yet another trip down to Las Vegas, Nevada to take on uh, the Golden Knights, who we'll talk about here in a minute, have fallen off a cliff, I guess. I, I don't really even know what to say.
0: The championship uh, hangover and- is what we like to call it. And- so
1: but it's not because they played so well at the beginning of the year. They're going through a whole goalie thing too because Aiden Hill got hurt. They tried to bring Aiden Hill back. He got re-hurt. Uh, they have two guys from the Henderson Silver Knights that Jerry Patira, P- P- I think his name is. He's solid. There's a guy behind him that hasn't gotten any time yet, and Logan Thompson is a one goalie right now. I don't think it's the answer for Vegas. But uh, they're still well within the race uh, out there on the, the western side. So we'll start with the divisional standings. We'll start in the west because there's an interesting team that's got the best record and or best point total in all of hockey right now. And it's the last team anybody probably thought. The west central division has the Winnipeg Jets. Having played 41 games, 28, 9, and 4, for 60 points, they're leading pretty sizably. They have a game in hand against Colorado, who's at 57 points, Dallas, 53, rest of the division, Nashville, uh, St. Louis, Arizona, Minnesota, and Chicago at a lowly 26 points. Uh, I don't think there's any. Well, okay, San Jose is worse than they are, but only by three points. And then you go to the Pacific, which this is the one Vegas had been running for a long time. All of a sudden, Vancouver fifty-nine points, twenty-eight, eleven, and three. Vegas over their last ten has been not great, seven or a three and seven. Uh, they're like I said, a goalie away from being solid again. Uh, They've played the same amount of games as the Canucks. Kings have played four less games than Vegas and only had five less points. So Kings, when you look at the math, that way are good. And the team that RC has been leery of for a long time is all of a sudden back within striking distance of Vegas. The once thought to be dead Edmonton Oilers have Stormed their way back, and I'll, I'll say it, I didn't think Edmonton had a snowball's chance in hell of getting to the playoffs. Well, they might be doing more to get to the playoffs, as it turns out. they at 45 points. They played four games less than Vegas. So if you do some quick math there and you get all the points out of that, they could have the same point total as Vegas at 42 games. Edmonton 9-1 and one over the last 10. They've won 9 straight. The team behind them is white hot as well. The Kraken have won 8 of their uh, 8 in a row. They've gotten points in their last 10 games. 45 points. Calgary, Anaheim, and the Sharks, who have won a whopping 1 of their last 10, wrap out the Pacific Division. We'll start in the, the East And we'll go with the non-Metro division because there's a lot to talk about in the Metro. Top two in the East, uh, Atlantic Division, haven't changed. Boston and Florida, not an ounce of shock there for either of those teams. Florida's won nine in a row. Uh, They're nine and one. Uh, They'll go white hot into Saturday's game at home against the Devils, which, you know, that's kind of what the Devils have been drawing recently, so nothing new there. uh Toronto's 50 points, Tampa 47, and then Detroit-Montreal-Buffalo, who R.C. thought was going to be good, and they're not. Uh, and then the Ottawa Senators, speaking of teams that are bad, they've lost five in a row. They are a dismal 4-13 and 13 on the road Oof. and haven't lost in overtime yet. So that's a weird one, but uh, they are – I think the only team looking through it here.
0: Are they the only team the only, that has twenty the points? The only team
1: that hasn't lost in uh, overtime yet.
0: Oh no, the black The ball.
1: team that lost most in overtime and taken the most points is from the Metro. The New York Islanders. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, but Boston and Florida, top two there. Then the Metro is as wide open as it could possibly be. Really, seven of the eight teams are competitive. Rangers, 54 points, Carolina, 51 points, Philadelphia, 50 points, New York Islanders, 48 points, the Penguins and Devils at 45 points, Caps at 44 points, and Columbus at 35 points. Devils have been middle of the road over their last 10, 5, 3, and 2, but found a way down multiple goals on, uh, I want to say, Thursday night against Tampa. but got it to overtime. Uh, Devils have at least two games in hand on each of the teams ahead of them. So despite everything going on in Newark with the goalie situation, somehow they're still around. I mean, it'll be tough for them to make a run if the goalie situ- or defense, take your pick, doesn't improve. Uh, but one of those certainly will have to. Wild card for what that means. Atlantic, Boston, Florida, and Toronto top three. Rangers, Hurricanes, and Flyers top three in the Metro. Devils would miss the playoffs by two points if the season ended today, which is a little irritating when you have a team like the Islanders that are 19, 12, and 10. That's right, 10 points have been scrapped together by losing in overtime. Uh, Islanders 48 points, Tampa Bay 47. Devils do have four games on Tampa In hand, so, again, technically not in a bad position. Uh, Top five out of the wild card. uh, Devils, Penguins, Wings, Capitals, and Canadiens are all within five points. Uh, Well, looking at the Western, it would be Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas for the Central. Pacific would be Vancouver, Vegas, and the Kings Wild card would be the Predators and the Oilers. Teams right around that, Kraken, Blues, Flames, Coyotes, all within three points. So in synopsis, if the playoffs started today, Dallas would be at uh, Colorado. L.A. would be at Vegas, which was, if everybody's healthy, would be a tasty matchup. Right now, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, Edmonton would go to Winnipeg and Nashville would go to Vancouver on the west. On the eastern side, it would be Toronto and Florida, another year of we want Florida. Toronto yes, fans sir. actually don't want Florida, but they, they might chance it like they did last year, but that's not a matchup. That Florida's just too physical, and Toronto's just too passive for that to work out for them. Uh, Carolina and Philadelphia would battle and then it would be the Bruins and the Lightning, which is interesting. And the Rangers and the Islanders, which is interesting. So really a couple of interesting matchups. If a point flips in the Atlantic, Tampa, Florida would be the matchup, which is interesting. I am if I'm being honest, I'd rather see Florida play Toronto, but that means they wouldn't win their division. I'm sure as a Panther fan, you'd rather see him win the division, but I just love to see Florida play Toronto in a seven-game series because I don't think Toronto has any prayer in that series. Well, so there you go. That's the breakdown uh, where everybody's standing in the conference. Florida's number two in the East. Devils are number nine in the East, and Vegas is number five in the West. In the league, Florida's number five. Vegas is number eight, and the Devils are number seventeen. That is the look at the NHL action. Uh, We'll take a a quick look here at the uh, Devils' schedule coming up. They will play, obviously, Florida uh, today on Saturday the 13th. And then won't be in action until Monday the 15th when they go back to Boston for a noon puck drop, which is interesting. And then... We start winding towards the weekend, the 18th, they're off. The 19th, the Devils are in Columbus. And then the 20th, they're back in the Prudential Center. I'll be there. It is going to be a tremendous night of hockey as um, the Devils host the Stars. And the Devils have an off day going out to the island to see the Stars and the Islanders. Then Mondays, the showdown of um, the showdowns, if you will. It's on NHL Network. Everybody knows it's going to be a big game. Vegas at New Jersey. Both teams, and RC was pretty disappointed about this, Vegas has only won three more games than the Devils. So as much as the Devils have gotten shit-talked by uh, RC and my dad, let me tell you something, three games, That they've won more than the Devils. Isn't that much of a flex, just saying. So there you go. That's what's coming up. Well, uh, RC and I will be there for the week of hockey. Technically, it's like four days plus a couple of travel days in there. But we're going to be getting some hockey in. For those wondering, the Devils have played 39 games and Vegas has played 42 so that three-game difference looks even worse when you put it in that perspective. And with that, that's a look at the NHL. Hopefully Nick's still awake over there.
0: Nick is still awake over here because we've got some time to – Now that's
1: talking about yourself in third person.
0: We, we got some time to still watch some Panthers hockey coming up because Nick's schedule has officially freed up because hunting season is over. And we were actually tuning into some college basketball because we had an interesting development as well as this week, besides all the all the hockey and everything. Three top teams went down within the last week. Nebraska beat number one Purdue, which was absolutely huge. First time that Nebraska has beat a top-ranked team in almost 40 years. Houston ended up losing as well to Iowa State. They were the number 2 ranked team and the number 3 team Kansas Jayhawks ended up losing to UCF. But college basketball has been going through the gauntlet as well. Conference games have been coming through. Baylor has a new arena for college basketball. There there have been plenty of teams. Creighton has took a stumble. Texas has took a stumble from their potential Final Four run within the last year. Creighton's League 8 run has been a little bit stinted. Both those two teams are falling slightly out of the top 25 when you come and look at it, but college basketball is still going in. So, I mean, plenty of sports to go around this year. Nebraska and Iowa squared off. Iowa ended up taking that game tonight, or technically yesterday, but tonight as we're recording, Iowa took that game in Iowa City where there were not they a lot didn't of fans in. They, they smoked, smoked your ass. Well, okay, Both so yeah. here, here was the Both biggest. Yeah. Here was the biggest Three thing.
1: Three double doubles for the Hawkeyes. Forty-one in the first half. <laughs> oh, you like that, Nebraska? How about fifty-three in the second half? Yeah. Hawks roll at home in a game. Uh, they haven't shared attendance. I don't know that the game was probably was well minimal. attended because of a min- uh, middle of a blizzard, blizzard warning. Why teams are traveling in a blizzard warning? I, I get it. But, like, come on. Anyway, Nebraska yeah. got smoked.
0: Out of their first, I believe it was seven shots. They made one. And six out of those seven shots were threes. And Nebraska bricked every single one of them because I watched the first 20 minutes of the game, or the first half of the game. They ended up coming back late in the first half, but it wasn't enough to stave off the Hawkeyes. And that, I will give. Iowa this. Their offense, when they actually move the ball as much as they want to, they're one of the best in-down teams in the Big Ten coming off of a foul or out-of-bounds play. But still, they've got some good shooting guards out there. Sanford as well for Iowa, is huge. But, college basketball, this is the time to where you're going to start want to be watching because this is where, this is, I personally think, where your brackets really, really, really start to, um, as you could say, come into perspective because teams get exposed when they play in conference more than they do out of town on just normal. But with that, Friday was a big day. Tomorrow coming up on Saturday, the 13th for your ranked matchups, Coming up, North Carolina has Syracuse. Tennessee, number five, has Georgia, as well as number 15, Wisconsin, has Northwestern. You go to number 22, Creighton. They've got St. John's, and then throwing it down the rest of the list. Number three, Creighton. And also, I will say these rankings have not been updated yet because college basketball takes a while for them to update, going week to week. Number three, Creighton takes on number nine, Oklahoma, at home in Kansas. Number six, Kentucky has Texas A&M. Nineteen, San Diego State has New Mexico State. Or just, nope, dude, that's just straight New Mexico. Other games going around the bend, the former number one team in the country, Purdue, has Penn State. Number 20, Utah State, UNLV. Clemson, number 21, has Boston College. Number 19, BYU has UCF, and I will say this, the new teams in the Big 12 are making waves in their ranked wins and against teams that they have been playing, and that pretty much about rounds out your top 25 teams besides Duke playing Georgia Tech later in the afternoon at 4, so all you Blue Devils fans get there. Number 2, Houston, former number 2, has TCU. Number eight, Arizona has Washington State. Auburn at 16 has LSU. Number 25, Texas has West Virginia. Iowa State, for all you fans out there, you guys got Oklahoma State coming in at five at Hilton Coliseum. So Hilton Magic is going to hopefully be working hard for you, Iowa State fans. And Baylor has Cincinnati ranked at number 14. That pretty much rounds out college basketball for the day on Saturday for your big. Top 25 and your fan base wins. But JC has an interesting conversation point coming up. Because we've... If you guys have been a fan of the show since day one, or at least when we started really doing these, the Pokemon card openings. But if you guys know, we are a fan of Pokemon. But JC has been playing a very interesting game. And I will say, as he is fumbling around with whatever... (laughs) He's no, doing. I was
1: just chuckling around in my chair because I didn't know we were had enough time to talk about this. Still, oh, but. well,
0: if anybody knows the Covert Show, if you guys are new to this show in 2024 or new in the last couple episodes, we like to run the show a little bit long. So we're sitting at an hour and 54, but we'll talk about it. JC has some Pokemon talk. And honestly, this is one of the favorite games of the Pokemon Nation I believe, if I remember the title correct, it's Pokemon Fire Red. Is it not?
1: Pokemon Fire
0: Red, that is correct. And go. I'm going to get the uh, game um, booted up here. Oh, he's uh, going to boot at, it
1: up. Uh, well, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> got to get it pre of 2004, it's a 20-year-old oh. game. Give it a minute. Come on, man.
0: He's got to boot it up. Dude, oh, I love it. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, that's funny. All right,
1: that's all you get, because we'll probably get demonetized for that. I don't know if you could hear it, but, you know.
0: I can hear No, um, dude, I can hear the classic. Just all right, music yeah, going. I, I just didn't want
1: us to get demonetized. So I've got two badges. I've beaten uh, Brock and Misty so far, for those keeping score at home. Um, I was just going to talk about the team now that I've got the game uploaded here, and what we've caught so far... So here we go. Bear in mind, this is still relatively early in the game, but I figured this would be a a good, you know, talk about it this week, talk about it next week. I've never beaten the game because I get to a certain point where, I don't know, I guess I just lose focus on it and it gets shuffled to the back. But here's the team so far, subject to change, of course, and you'll understand why with a couple of the typings in here are not great. So we start off with a Nidoran male, level 15. Okay. Not terrible, given that he uh, was a 6, like, a little bit ago in the gameplay when I first got uh, got him. Uh, a Beedrill level 16. A Butterfree level 18, which is actually better than the Beedrill, if I'm being completely honest. A Diglett level 18. A Mankey level 18 and a War Turtle level 25. You can guess which one the starter is because it's like seven levels ahead of the rest Give of them. The War Turtle. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, Mankey, Beedrill, or Butterfree and War Turtle are probably the only three that would stay on the team. I mean, definitely need a Fire type. Definitely need an Electric type that's good. But, yeah, we're a ways away from that in the gameplay.
0: If you don't keep Mankey as you evolve it into Primate, if you don't keep a Primate on the team, that's a classic fighting type, and that's a strong Pokemon to, you know, negate and just put on the bench. Now, I will say this. If you get him a champ, then, then you're golden. But...
1: And then for those that we've caught so far, again, it's early game, and I'm going to be honest with you, everybody listening will probably go, this guy stinks, and I'm not not great at this game. (laughs) Uh, Nidoran female level six, Ekans, or snake backwards, for those that don't know that little fun nugget there, Uh, level six, Magikarp level five, Spiro level six. Jigglypuff named Lady Gaga because of the move. Sing, I think I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, that meme is That's the only one I've named. Too fun <laughs> fact. Uh, Meow level 12. A far fetched level 13 and a drowsy level 11. That's uh, what we've caught so far. So, there you go. That's uh. That's all the update I have with that. Two badges. I think the Pokédex is at like 17. Let's see. The Pokédex is seen 50 and owned 20. So there you go. That's kind of a look at that, and uh, we'll give you updates (laughs) as that goes along because the team right now, I'm going to be honest with you, the team right now has had a couple of moments where, well, you talk about hanging on by a thread. When you have two bug types in the same team, that's that's not good. No, that
0: really is not <laughs> I mean
1: I wanna be drill, but the the thing is like the butterfree at this point is so much better and you have to make such an effort to up uh, to level everything up. Like I've been focusing on the Nidoran male to try to, you know, get it was a level six and there was one battle where it got put in where it was uh, the the team that we were fighting had such low health that even like the minimal like I think it was tackle or peck I can't remember which croaked the other Pokemon oh <laughs> and my. this thing went from level six to like level ten because of all the experience. You know we're working on it. We'll uh, see how how she goes, but yeah, the busy week this week I haven't hardly played it since I think like Monday, so. Gonna... There you go. That's our that's a big, uh, big discussion on Pokemon. I should have bought some Pokemon cards, but I didn't think about it. So we're back on track. Pokemon, you know, hopefully it's going to be another uh, continuing segment. I don't know. I think we should keep the meteorology segment too, but you know, we'll see. What happens. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll give you guys. It's got to be
1: interesting because I mean, if it's not interesting, then no one cares anyway. Oh yeah. So
0: we got to give you guys your normal weather updates and your, your Pokemon forecast as well. I have a buddy who who I talk to normally. He's going on his honeymoon, actually. Congratulations to him on getting married, but he's going on his honeymoon this Shout weekend. Shout out. Um, but he plays, it's, I think it's, what's the new one? Sword and Shield or whatever the one that, or, yeah, yeah Sword and Shield that came uh, out. But
1: Sword and Shield, and then I think there's, like, Violet and something oh, else. Yeah, it's
0: Violet, I think is what he's playing. But um, he has to... According to all the rumors that are true, and it's not a rumor, it's 100% true, but you have to catch a shiny before you can go into every gym, and so he's doing that, and so he's playing hours after we play MLB The Show at night. He'll play like an hour or two of Pokemon, and then he'll send me all the shiny. Is that a rule he has
1: set for himself, or is that a rule that the game has?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with yes on that? Well, that, doesn't, that literally doesn't answer anything. It, it, well, it's, it's, a double, it's a double standard on I don't know if it's like I just feel strictly. like that's
1: a rule really he has set for himself I think it is as well. Catching but. a shiny is a giant pain in the ass. Oh, oh dude my trust God, me. It's so hard to find. He
0: goes through all the odds and everything like that but I mean he still gets it done. I think he's beaten four gyms now because he's gotten four shinies and don't ask me to actually rattle them off because I can't remember off the top of my head what they are but I mean still. Do you have
1: any of them that you remember what they are?
0: There's a rat tat and a poliwag. Mm. Yeah, to catch those.
1: So yeah. Poliwag's not terrible. Rattata, I could live without, but you know, yeah. you got to get those shinies where you can get them.
0: Yep. But with that, we have officially reached, wow, actually we closed that segment a lot faster than I thought we would. We have officially reached <coughs> the two-hour mark, folks. I'll take some better notes for next week for you. Well, dude, honestly, I thought we were gonna be going down a rabbit hole on some sort of Pokemon, and we just kind of well, you that didn't together. shit
1: talk my team as much as I thought you would. I, I figured two bug uh, two bug types was just setting me up for a bunch of left hooks.
0: Yeah, but you're early on, and you're if you were running two bug types when you're gonna go face the eighth gym for the badge, uh, yeah, and if I'm I was still question, winning, you.
1: you can't shit talk me at all because if you're in the eighth gym and you've won the previous six with two bug types on your team, mad respect to that because that was a lot of grinding to get that bug to be that good.
0: Yeah, but you have a blastoise coming up in your revolution, and you got a primate coming up on your team. I think I can get away with a little bit of I'm going to let the two bug types kind of take the bench slot about gym number four. I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I've got a lot of uh, oh, decisions God. to make. And, this man uh, is going to be running a freaking Butterfree at gym number eight. Maybe. Honestly, that might not be a bad maybe. idea because you could run Hypnosis and Poison. Holy shit, we heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you, I mean, Confusion is what makes Butterfree better than Beedrill at this point. Beedrill's got Fury Attack. Yeah. but it's still early enough that fury attack is kind of not exactly lighting up the uh, scoreboard when it comes to hits yet but confusion that's that's the one that really can get things going but yeah we'll have a uh, hopefully like get some some time put into this game uh this weekend and uh, i'll have some more detailed notes and maybe i'll maybe i'll pick up a pack of pokemon cards just for the Just for the good old times of opening packs on the uh, podcast, but
0: we might have to do that. So, without further ado, folks, we've taken up two hours of your time, and unless JC has anything else.
1: Just remember, it's episode 76, not 77 or 79.
0: Correct. For those (laughs) of you keeping track. Well, folks, welcome to 2024. You've got our life update, you've gotten the sports updates, you've gotten the, the Pokemon updates, and we're bringing them to you as lively as we can. So make sure you guys try to follow on the Instagram, the TikTok, the Facebook, at The Covert Show. You can also find The Covert Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And, guys, just make sure if you guys see some content, just like it, just have some fun with it, comment on it. give us Give us a good old shout-out. Leave us some reviews on the good old Spotify. And you know what? We bring it to you guys because we enjoy it, and we've been doing this for, what is this, our four? Uh, technically our four season now, right? Yeah?
1: I believe that is correct, yeah, because we had 21, 22, and 23. So working on season four, if you can believe it. Well, Year four, I guess. Uh, yeah. Whatever you want to say there.
0: Technically, yeah. But if you guys enjoy it, We appreciate you, and we appreciate you taking two hours of your time to listen if you guys have been in a car ride or whatever. Enjoy it, because you never know. We might say something extremely insightful, and you guys might actually either agree, disagree, or whatever. It's our opinions. We love it. We have fun. And if you guys have something, comment on a post that you see. But without further ado... We're going to send it off here and get this episode out to you. So this is number episode 76, not 79 or 77 of the COVID show. (laughs) We'll see you guys later. Have a great rest of your weekend and a great rest of 2024.